boys and girls, children of all ages. Uh, my name is Mike Lunsford. I am the editor-in-chief of GGR, which, if you're unfamiliar, that is the Great Geek Refuge. I'll give you the web address real quick. That's greatgeekrefuge.squarespace.com. This is our first amazing, introductory, fantastic uh, podcast. We're going to call this one GGR Pirate Radio because, I mean, everybody loves pirates. Um, I think some people more so than others. are. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, Vic's just—that's Vic right there. Vic is doing his pirate impression. Steve actually has the Johnny Depp hat and dreadlocks and um, the eyeliner. Um, I told him he didn't have to, but he was insistent. It's going all out. Yeah, I look fantastic. That's the only thing you need to know about it. It's Johnny <laughs> Depp. I had personal coaching sessions. The whole thing. Don't worry about it. You are without doubt the worst pirate I've ever heard of. But you have heard of me. <laughs> So let's go around the table real quick and introduce ourselves again. My name is Mike. I am the editor-in-chief of GGR. we got Vic, Vic Azim right here. Vic is one of our... Uh, writer and contributor to uh, the site. Uh, also a big Pirates of the Caribbean fan, although I don't think that's actually relevant to what we're talking about now, but <laughs> uh, we'll stick with the writer and contributor for now, so... And uh, around the table, we got uh, we got Steve as well. Steve, go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, my name's Steve Monick. I'm uh, one of the most often contributing members of, of GGR at this point there. We're still a, a new, fresh, young website there, um, and we're always gathering more talent like Vic here, but we've written a number of articles there under the name Pete Rogers as well. Oh, that's right. We're going to give away... Wow. Yeah, you I know. Guys, you guys are in for a treat. We're going to give away our secret code names here? That's Wow, that's yeah. intense, yeah. man. Yeah, Vic is actually the only person that doesn't use a pen name on the website because <laughs> Vic is such a big deal. That he's got his own books. In fact, they're such big deals. Part of, the, uh, part of the recruitment process was they wanted me to bring my growing fan base to the site. I was happy to oblige. So In the industry, this is a get. Vic is a get for our website. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, he's a big deal. He's a real big deal. Um, we wanted to start off uh, because both Steve and I, we're, we're huge nerds. Um, Vic is a nerd, but he's too cool, really, to contribute a lot to this next conversation. I'm, let me say I'm the Diet Pepsi of a nerd. So I'm right on that borderline. They could pull me over the edge today, actually, during this podcast. He's got all the flavors and none of the calories. I mean, but but all the aspartame and potential cat. I'm willing to jump in and go with it, so that's a thing. I'm eager to learn, so this is going to be a learning experience for myself also. We are going to start this first podcast. We are going to talk about Star Wars, which is... It's one of those things where it's nerdy, but it's also become chic that everyone can talk about it. It's, it's starting to... The curtain is starting to be pulled back. Everyone can talk about Star Wars, but then the things that we're going to say right now... Any of you casual Star Wars fans are going to be like, yeah, I gotta go. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk about uh, the prequels. The prequels, the prequels, the prequels, because they sucked. They were awful. They, they frustrated us to no end, um, especially those like passionate, rabid Star Wars fans who used to p- pretend they were Luke Skywalker in their backyard and jump off their deck like it was the skiff yeah. from Return of the Jedi. I mean, that's... That. Beating I'm your the... brother with a Hot Wheels track pretending it was a lightsaber. Yeah. Exactly. We were all there. <laughs> lightsaber battles in your backyard. I think everybody went to that stage, so... Exactly, yeah. And when it snowed, when we had a snow day, guys, if you weren't if you weren't pretending like you were on the planet Hoth, like there was something wrong with you, you were dead inside. It was and just... who hasn't tried a Yoda impersonation in front of the mirror at some point, you know? Everybody's apparently can do the Yoda voice. I think that was just you, man. Maybe, maybe. Well, I was still practice being Alex Trebek in front of the mirror, so that's probably it. Well, there you go. <laughs> I might actually be a nerd, so actually. So what see? is my favorite game show? No. Um, I've already read the formal question. Yeah. And, hey, wow, bravo. Well done. Okay, that was stuff. Um, so what we're, what we're going to be talking about today specifically is episode three of the prequel. Um, that's Revenge of the Sith, or as what Steve is affectionately referred to, what we're going to be doing here, and that is rewrite 
of the Sith. Um, I've already written two articles on the uh, GGR webpage about uh, Episode 1 and Episode 2 and how they can be fixed. And quick hitters on this one, um, just so you guys can get caught up. You should read the articles, though, because they're, yeah, they, they're pretty good. They're, they're works of art. They really, truly are. Um, <laughs> Mike, <laughs> Mike likes his writing. This is a fact that you should know about him. <laughs> there's, uh, there's Hemingway and then there's Mike. And I'm... <laughs> Might take Mike, actually, in this case. It's like 1A, 1B, really. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you, you know. Mike's pulling ahead. Hemingway's dead, so there's no... Yeah. no I got that going. There's no door coming That's out. That's the only so, yeah. thing I got up on Hemingway. This is the fourth right quarter. You have plenty of catch-up time. You're going down, down Hemingway. I'm coming after you, Papa. It's me and you, big man. Um, quick quick hitters on the first, on, on episode one. Um, it was so confusing. There was so much stuff going on that didn't make any sense, so we're making the story simpler. Um, one thing we can all agree is that Phantom Menace is way too convoluted. Uh, if it takes more than a sentence to describe the movie's basic plot, there's a huge issue. And when part of your main plot is focusing on trade tariffs and a robot army fighting fish people, no, that, that's not going to work. Are you implying a scene that had nothing to do with the story but talking about how the Congress of the Universe worked? was not a good point? Or is that what you're trying to say here? Look, I don't want this to be Star Wars, um, how a bill becomes a law. I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. And I'm sitting here on Capitol Hill. That just doesn't <laughs> make sense. Schoolhouse Rock. Thank edition. you. Yeah. Thank you very much. So yes, exactly. George Lucas's political statement about the world. Yeah, pretty pretty much. And, so. and when you're in 1999 and you're a kid... You're not caring about that. You're caring about, about sword that. fights and saving princesses. Exactly. You know? And we didn't get that until halfway, and we only sort of kind of got that. But either way, we're simplifying this story. Um, what I ended up doing was is I made this more about the Jedi trying to stop a war, because they realized that they're really the only ones that are going to be fighting this war if it happens for the Senate. Because the Senate, again, caught up in bureaucracy. We'll mention that. We're not spending 15 minutes on it like this movie did. But not only that, Anakin Skywalker has to be older. He cannot be nine years old. I get it. I see why they did it. Because you want to see how far he goes from being a sweet, innocent, adorable child who says things like wizard to becoming the most evil man on the face of the planet who chokes people out. I get that. I, I get it, but you don't need to do it. And Jingle All the Way, fun movie, uh, annoying movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger, what have you, but I didn't need to see Jake Lloyd in a space opera. It didn't need to be done. Yeah, yeah. Not only that. Let's Jake Lloyd is bad for all movies, let's be honest. <laughs> have you? Quick aside here. Have you guys seen what he's like as an adult now? No. Oh. Okay, so... <laughs> when I, I go to a lot of uh, comic conventions because um, I also write a comic book. My best friend Ben Shaw is an artist. I do all the comic book uh, storyboarding and all the writing and all the story work for. Um, it's called Ethan Stone PI. Quick plug. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> um, but we go to these cons all the time, and Jake Lloyd was actually there, and I didn't realize it became a big deal. But it's the second time that he's been at a con. Somebody asked him about Anakin Skywalker, and he flipped out. The dude is like. Because he's so angry that his childhood is ruined by this thing, he's jacked. I mean, like, just just popping roids, just, like, lifting as much as he can, like, you know, do you even bench bro kind of guy? And, like, just flipped out. And there's a YouTube video on there. Check it out. There's a YouTube video if you look it up, and he just goes off on this dude. And you're just, like... That's what he's identified with. What is he famous for if not for Anakin Skywalker? Well, again, you know... And the flop that it was. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, but he just... So he's going to be... Arnold in the reboot of Jingle All the Way. He's going to play the dad character of the giant muscle... I'm just kidding with all this, by the way. <laughs> okay, well, well, I mean, that's... I was yeah. taking notes. I was yeah. like, this is on my must-see list of yeah. 2015. Breaking but. news to all our listeners. Jingle All like, the Way 2. Was yeah. Sinbad yeah. going to be in it? That's but but Jake Lloyd, right. if there's the odd chance that you're listening to this, buddy, I feel your pain, man. I'm sorry. I really am. You tried. You really did. But what are you going to do, man? Just calm down. 
So yeah, just calm down. He's got Let carrot, it go. Carrot top syndrome, he basically. Does, dude. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. they're assigned autographs. Don't. Uh... But one of the things that like absolutely drove me nuts about this is they made it so that remember like Jedi were these cool things. There was only like two of them. There was Yoda and there was Luke, and they were just cool. And like Luke, in order to become a Jedi, had to have this '80s montage of how he trained to become a Jedi. Well, they made they just obliterated all of that because they were like, hey, if you don't have this magic STD, then you don't actually get to be a Jedi. So, like, it's this whole, like, hierarchy of bullcrap. And, like, what about natural ability? Where does that come yeah. from? Like where, does, like, where does any of that come from? You don't have to work hard for anything anymore? Oh, oh it just irritated me so much. Anyways. I want to contribute, but now that you said magical STD, I'm just imagining, like, you are with every Jedi that he's ever been with, PSAs, or <laughs> make sure you protect your lightsaber. You just like ridiculous PSAs about not getting midichlorians protect your in your system. Saber. I like that. Yeah. You gotta wrap it up, B. It works in a couple of different ways. Size matters not. Look at me. Does me by my size, do you? Hmm? Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, kudos to the casting of Samuel L. Jackson, though. Um, yeah. He's in every movie ever, actually. Actually, I hate Samuel L. Jackson, let me be honest. I hate his guts because he's in every movie ever. So. <laughs> you guys, how did you guys feel about Samuel L. Jackson being in that movie, though? I, the, it, it, kind of to Mike's point... Was that inspired point, casting? I mean, well, I, I mean, kind so. of to Mike's point, and I'm not sure if it was for demographics or if they just wanted Sam Jackson because he's B.A. in a lot of the roles he plays, but like, I, I feel like what Mike was saying is that so much story was dedicated to... I don't want to say nonsense, but stuff that we didn't need to see. Yeah. That the characterization didn't get flushed out well. Yep. And they're like, well, Sam Jackson has to be doing stuff. Well, he has the purple lightsaber, and that was the end of his characterization. Yeah, they didn't much. give him a lot of backstory or, or, or screen time or anything legitimate. So if you do away with the nonsense that he's talking about, then you get to be yeah. using Sam Jackson in a re- well, realistic way. And perfect example is you didn't need to waste time on explaining why Jedis were Jedis. They're just the Jedis. There's the Force, and everybody could potentially become a Jedi if you work hard enough and you... Yeah, there's a whole Search ten minute scene where they're testing his blood, and oh my god, his levels are higher than Yoda's. Who cares? I want to right. see Sam Jackson wasting a, a mofo, if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, so. and and that was the other problem with casting Samuel L. Jackson is you were using his reputation. You were using his reputation to build off of, like, hey, that's Sam Jackson. He's he's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, he doesn't really do anything in this movie except until the third one, and gets his hand chopped off. Well, that was kind of a waste, like. A wasted character. And yeah. Yeah. yeah all right. Great point. So back to all of this stuff real quick. Um, in episode one, Darth Maul doesn't die. Oh my gosh, right? Spoiler alert. Um, he doesn't die because you need a main character to further into the trilogy that is going to be this thing that we're going to try to save now. Um, Queen Amidala. So it always bothered me that Anakin Skywalker and her fell in love because there was really no reason for it. Well, you need to get, focus more on that. She became queen at 14. Mm-hmm. That's kind of weird. Think of how that parallels our universe. Think of Amanda Bynes. Think of Macaulay Culkin and the Lindsay Lohan. Man, Lindsay Lohan, where these child actors just end up getting so screwed up because they get put into these positions of power where they're making money, they're making decisions that adults should be making, and they don't really know how to live their life. That she's a perfect example. And I think the other side of that is the attention. Yeah. She's on screens in front of an entire planet as a queen at that age. That's not what you want in addition to puberty. Exactly. Going through that process in conjunction, bad combination. But let's tie that in real quick. Why does she fall in love with Anakin Skywalker? Because of that big, grandiose thing that she loves. She loves the attention. She has this dude that shows up, right? 
and says to her, I've been dreaming about you every night since I met you. That is frightening. <laughs> that is horribly frightening. She should have filed a restraining order immediately after episode one. Yeah. I've but, watched enough Criminal Minds to know what the second half of that story is. No, but she ate it up. She loved every minute of that. She was like, aw, isn't that sweet? Because she's crazy and he's crazy. Yeah. And let's prance in a field together. Let's do all sorts of adorable things. You can slice a pear with the force. <laughs> <laughs> I think George Lucas should stay away from... Uh, Romantic love scenes. As a writer, he just doesn't really he doesn't know it. how to create a chemistry between two he characters. He does not. The dialogue with everything there. So. Well, and the chemistry that worked in the original was the anti-chemistry. I love you. I know. Like, doing the big romantic <laughs> gestures and <laughs> all this is, nonsense what is, is like, jerk. That was the whatever. Best, that was the best jerk line ever. Um, oh, but this also ends up working really, really well with um, with Anakin. Because we saw in the second episode that... He's this dude. He's kind of a kind of a jerk, um, and he's hot-headed and temperamental. But one of the things that we're missing here is why he's like that. And I think that we need to establish that he's forced into this training environment with all of these other Jedi. But mind you, he's now going to be older. He's going to be like 15, 16 years old. They've already established the Jedi start training at a really, really young age. Yes. So you've got this older kid. Like, think about it. If you guys knew anybody in high school... When you were like 16, 17 years old, there was that one kid that was like 19 or 20, had like a full beard, had kids, <laughs> well, like still hadn't graduated you mean, yet. You're talking about Judd Nelson from uh, Breakfast Club. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> he's he's yeah. the archetype, the prototype for that. <laughs> yeah, tell me he was not. <laughs> you can't tell me he was not. He's got the walker played by Judd Nelson. <laughs> There's your rewrite right there. There's your recasting right there. You know what, my well, Judd Nelson is the podcast here. Judd Nelson, Jedi Apprentice. I think we have a couple what films. What about you, Dad? We have you a couple films to make here. What did you get me for Christmas, Dad? <laughs> um, you mess with the bull, you get the force. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, like I, I've always pictured Anakin Skywalker better played as like that outcast kid. Like Everybody get, kind of picks on him and beats him up, and like he just doesn't get it. He sees Padme, he thinks she's pretty, he says stupid things that nobody else would ever say, and she loves it, so now they're on this course for disaster. They're not Romeo and Juliet, they're Sid and Nancy. Exactly. Sid and, wow. Yes. And Bam! I I can Tina also. Um, Yeah. And it gets to that point in three. I think that's where it's heading towards. Oh yeah, absolutely. Dare I say Ray Rice and, uh... (laughs) (laughs) Too soon. Too soon. soon. Yeah. Yeah, too soon. Yeah. But like, and... Throughout all this, Chancellor Palpatine's like, hey, hey, kid, don't worry about it. You know what? The Jedi say it's not cool for you to do this, but you know what? You've had a rough go of it. He keeps, like, patting the kid on the back. Here's a couple bucks. Take her on a nice date. Exactly, yeah. And he's, like, giving her all of these things. He's saying subtle little things like, hey, did you know that that your strength uh, comes from your passion? If any of you Star Wars nerds know anything about the Sith Code, which I do, and I'm ashamed to admit it, um, that's one of the main tenets of the Sith Code, is that passion brings strength. And Check my Sithopedia page real quick. Sith- so. The Sithopedia page. <laughs> he starts feeding him this stuff. Um, this is how Episode 3 should be fixed. The Clone Wars have begun to wind down. Um, the fighting is still intense as the Separatists are becoming desperate. What ended up happening was, instead of it being this thing where Jango Fett was the clone template for everything, that's stupid. Let's not do that. Let's have it just a bunch of clones, a bunch of random clones. They show up. The Emperor is like, doesn't even ask for permission. He's like, I'm doing this. We need this. He makes a decision because that's what leaders do when there's a war going around. Not only that, the Jedi are kind of happy about this because now they're not the main focus of the war. Before this, they were essentially leading planetary militias of like random farmers and people who don't know how to fight. So this ends up being a good thing. 
The Separatists make this last-ditch effort. They assault Coruscant, just like you guys saw in the original Episode 3. Um, there's really nothing that changes up to this point. That was the best scene in the movie. Yeah, when he... Oh, my God. When he chops off uh, Saruman's head. That was fantastic. That was good. <laughs> like, when he just stands there and he looks at him and he's just like, yeah, no, I'm chopping off your head. And he's... Yeah, that was... That was, that was actually an honor killing, so... Yeah, it truly <laughs> was. Um, yeah, so we, we keep moving forward here with this... Um, we get to a point where Anakin is he's a hero. Everybody loves him. Everybody thinks he's great. But the council is dressing him down. They're like, you know what? You're too hot-headed. You're not doing this. But not only that, we also start learning some things about Anakin during the Clone Wars. That he was brutal to people. He was not taking prisoners. He was killing everybody. He, they, he went a little too far. And Mace Windu... What he did with Dooku, that's standard operating procedure for him in the war. Exactly. Exactly. And Mace Windu, who's actually now become the head of the Jedi Council... Because at the end of episode two, Yoda says to all of them, look guys, war is not cool. It's definitely not cool. I've said that we shouldn't be doing this in the first place. I'm putting myself in exile. Yoda becomes essentially like a Dalai Lama of sort, where there isn't, this is not the right answer. War is not the right answer. So he leaves. Mace Windu's in charge. It becomes a much more militaristic Jedi council than we've ever seen before. And I could see Sam Jackson doing that, to your point from before, Vic. Actually using Sam Jackson yeah, the way he should be used. A prominent role that makes sense. So like when Anakin walks that. in... To him one day and asks him a question. He's just like he's like, "What does Marcellus Wallace look like, or what does the Emperor look like?" And he's like, "What?" what? And he goes, "What are you planning? I ever heard of? <laughs> they speak English on Kashyyyk. I mean, like, we can have moments like that. Oh yeah, cool. <laughs> Sorry, say what again? Pulp Fiction by far my favorite movie. That's oh, a, yeah. it's such a great movie. Absolutely. Um, yeah, he's the head of the council. He's telling Obi- uh, he's telling Obi Wan, "Look, your um, Padawan is in big trouble." I'm not cool for this. He actually suspends Anakin. Anakin's like, this is bullcrap. I can't believe you're suspending me. I'm the one that won this war. You wouldn't be here without me. And Obi-Wan's kind of like, yeah, they really wouldn't be here without him. Um, so Anakin goes to his buddy. He goes to his buddy, the Emperor, and he's like, hey, look, I got suspended. This is making me feel like I, just, I was when I was a kid when I was being trained. I feel like an outcast, and the, the Jedi are just using me. Um, the Emperor's like, yeah, you know what? This is exactly what it is. He says, the Jedi are blind. If they really don't see how great you are... He says that they're punishing you because they got you got results and they weren't able to do that. Anakin agrees. Uh, Palpatine offers him a deal. He says, hey, you become my right-hand man. Leave the Jedi. Just leave him straight up. Um, think about it. No big deal. I'm not going to push you. But remember, your strength is in your passion. And Anakin's like, wait a minute. I think I've heard that. That's the Sith, isn't it? And he's like, look, the Sith aren't evil. It's all propaganda from the Jedi, man. They're telling you this stuff because they want you to be passive and docile. They want you to be there. Controlled. Exactly. Basically. And that, and Anakin freaks out because he used to be a slave. So that freaks him out. I'm not going to be somebody's slave again. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. And that's what they want from him, and he's not going to do it. So he leaves. He sees the, the Chancellor's point. He goes and he talks to Padme, who they've had a whirlwind relationship. Here's the big twist. She's already had the kids. So, so they're, they're a little bit older than infants, basically. Exactly. But... Anakin has no idea because he's been fighting the effing war. Which, yeah, I mean, why would he be around? Exactly. So he has no idea that she's had these kids. He, I mean, he didn't really know that she was pregnant because at one point we'll establish that there was a message sent and never actually got to her, uh, got to him because the guy who was killing, uh, carrying it got evaporated by some, something, some yeah. blaster yes. of some yeah. sort or something awful that happened mm-hmm. to him. Um, Palpatine comes on the TV, on the, the space TV, the whatever you want to call it, yeah. the... The interwebs, how it would, I don't know what, the, what do they call it in Star Wars? Uh, inter, like intergalactic C-SPAN, basically. Okay, there you go. Do we have Larry King on this? 
I, I would imagine a- so. He's probably still around at this point. Is he actually is he an actual frog? The, well, this was from a galaxy <laughs> far away, a long time ago. Oh yeah, so, he was, so he's he, definitely that, there, that's so. probably when he was in his like thirties, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was his first assignment. Yeah. Galactic Civil War yeah. here, Larry yeah. King. Live well, from the boo. Live <laughs> from the boo. Um, but Palpatine gets on there as Anakin and Padme are, are talking about things. She's like, look, I've got some awesome news for you. We need to go home to Naboo. I need to show you what's going on. And he's like, I will. we got some things that we got to get straightened out here first. All of a sudden, they're like, oh, crap, breaking news. Palpatine announces the war's near an end. The clone troopers are a resounding success. The planets and systems that seceded from the Republic are working on independent attempts to rejoin and be part of the Senate. So, hey, everything's great, right? Hunky-dory. Exactly, but he stops, and he mentions that it is with a heavy heart that after a thorough investigation of the actions of the Jedi Council, he will be asking for their expulsion from the Coruscant and removal from the Galactic Senate. He states that they abused their position as defenders of the galaxy and pushed children into war. They caused countless children and teenagers to be killed, maimed, disfigured, or scarred mentally because they were rushed into battle. He has spoken to several Jedi trainees who will remain nameless, who stated they were used, uh, their powers were used and that their own safety and well-being was ignored. Their sacrifices um, were means for, promote, uh, for promoting the battle and not actually doing something, and that the Galactic Senate cannot stand for that. So all of a sudden, we're starting to see that Palpatine had a big plan for all of this in the first place. Plus, I think it just cinematically... Yeah. Um, and Vic, I think you can speak to this because you know story structure and stuff like that. But that leaves you the ability to show Anakin and these kids like just some brutal, awesome action scenes. But then there's yes. a payoff for it. It's not just mindless action, which we yeah. saw in the movies where people are swinging around. There's a lot of mindless action there, and you have to have purpose to the action. Otherwise, the audience gets lost and doesn't care about it. So, And then you see that this guy's evil, obviously, but is he really evil? Because look at what the Jedi were doing. It's not this like clear-cut little kid version of Star Wars, because that's what I felt like they made the prequels. Hey, we need to make this something that kids can go out and buy toys for, and you need to support the good guys, not the bad guys. It, this, the original Star Wars movies were not meant to be for kids. They were meant to be just good movies. And that got lost in this. And I think that if you put this part in here where he's saying, look, the Jedi kind of did some messed up stuff. Yeah, it's coming from the bad guy, but at the same time, too, it's not just black and white. There's a lot of gray area here with this. Um, to, we're going to jump forward with this because um, we're, we're running short on time here. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll close this up real quick. Obi-Wan has some choices, too. Obi-Wan is the one that goes to fight Darth Maul, because now Darth Maul takes the place of General Grievous because we don't waste that stupid character. <laughs> we only need two lightsabers, guys. It's fine. Uh, but that's the, his storyline through all yeah. three movies, right? He's been chasing and, and working and fighting exactly. Darth Maul the whole time. That's his exactly. side storyline. Exactly. Darth Maul is the one who killed... Um, Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon in the beginning, yeah, in the first one. So Obi-Wan's been after him. But he Obi-Wan's had this conscience of faith because... He's not supposed to want revenge. He's not supposed to want these things, but this is what he wants. He finally gets there. He fights Maul, and Maul is really kind of like not into it. The fight is just kind of like passive, and Maul says to him at one point, look, man, I know what you're going through. He's like, you seem weary of all this too, and they exchange a really, really heated dialogue where Maul says, maybe we're not the same, and Obi-Wan gets really mad. He's like, we're not the same. And Maul says, he goes, no, man, we're just errand boys. We're doing the bidding for somebody else. He's like, we're two sides of the same coin. He goes, you know, the Republic did tons of awful stuff. You guys murdered innocent people because of miscalculations in your, in your, um, I just completely lost it and it's gone. There it goes. So like they're talking about, like he's saying, like there are plenty of atrocities that you suppose that good guys did just as much as us. You guys got bad intel. That's the word I was looking for. You guys got bad intel. You killed innocent people. And then what? 
that makes you any better than me. We're, we're the same person. He's like, you believed in your side. I believed in mine. We're really not that different. Um, it makes Obi-Wan mad, and he murders Maul, just stabs him right through the chest. And he goes, no, there's a difference. He goes, this is personal. He goes, because you had no problem murdering my master and my best friend, and that if we are pawns, that's fine, but you're paying for his death. And Maul kind of smiles and understands it. And you have this really, instead of just like, hey, let's just chop off as many limbs as we can and then shoot him in, shoot him in the heart with a <laughs> yeah. gun and then be like, oh, these are stupid guns. Guns uh. are for jerks. <laughs> I'm British. <laughs> uh, I'm going to make a line that everyone will laugh at. <laughs> we don't need that, man. Like, this would be better. This would be so much better because you're just like, well, damn, I kind of feel bad for Darth Maul now. Yeah. He gets stabbed to the chest, but you know what? They got a big point. And it's, an, and it's a parallel to what you're talking about with, yeah. in war... It's hard to draw that line between good and bad. It's not as clear-cut as yeah. the movies tried to paint that picture. Yeah, and I think that Obi-Wan finishes him off. He does very... Like in Return of the Jedi, where he gives, uh, where Luke gives Vader that Viking funeral and lights him on mm-hmm. fire. We do something similar to that, to show that he least respects Darth Maul in the end. Um, and then he leaves, and he's actually ready to transmit his resignation from the Jedi Order. And this is when all hell breaks loose because uh, Palpatine has announced that the Jedi Order is being disbanded and they're being kicked off of Coruscant. Um, I think we're going to stop here. I think this will be a two-parter. Yeah, I think Because yes. we've got a ton. There's a lot to There's cover. some other things yeah. to dig into. Yeah, and honestly, this first podcast, I think, guys, I want to talk about a lot more stuff than just Star Wars. Yeah. As much as I love it. Just like Geek Refuge, the site, it, it has a number of different topics exactly. that you can get real deep into. Yeah. We're going to cut it off right here, because that's a great like stopping point, like, to be continued. <laughs> Obi-Wan leaving the Jedi Order? <laughs> the Jedi's bad and being kicked off of Coruscant? Dun, what will dun, the Jedi dun. do? Stay tuned! channel. <laughs> Same GGR site. <laughs> yeah, we will come back to this, guys. We're going to take a real quick break. We're going to reset uh, everything, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about uh, best movies and TV shows of 2014.